know, I think everybody should have a purpose and, you know, your, if your purpose is like, I want to be the best employee I can be and you lose your job, you're screwed. If, or you retire, you're screwed. If your purpose is like, I want to be the best partner I can be and you guys break up, you're screwed. If you want to be the best parent you can be and God forbid, I hope this never happens to anybody, but your child is gone or passes away or whatever, or your spouse takes them, you're screwed. And so I would encourage anybody who's listening to this to like, sit down and this is hard work. It took me a long time, but try and find a purpose for yourself in like one or two sentences that is totally separate from a, a specific role because roles can change. You're listening to Detox Wellness, a place where we demystify all things health, nutrition, and fitness. I'm your host, Deanna Balberman, and you're listening to episode number three. Woohoo! Today we have Andrew Wilhelm on the show. He's a graduate from Guelph University, a fellow alchemy coach, shout out to alchemy, uh, an ex-football player, and someone who's super into mindset work and trying to be your best self. So if you don't follow him on social media, uh, you can find that in the bio below, or he mentions it at the end along with his podcast. Today we dig into the importance of mindset in everything we do and how that translates into mastering fitness and life in general. He talks about who he was growing up, maybe not the best version of himself to say the least, and I think that takes a lot of vulnerability and bravery and it's a lesson we can all learn. So through sharing this story, I think there's lots of tangible things we can start doing today to be better people, to help ourselves, and to help others. So I hope you enjoy listening to his story and his rants. I know I did. Okay, enjoy your detox. Yeah, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Andrew Wilhelm. I work at Alchemy Fitness here in Brantford. Uh, we have a few locations in Hamilton as a little plug as well. I'm fitness guy. I like to coach people and help them do better at stuff. And I mean, there's lots of details of my life that I can't really encapsulate into this introduction, but uh, that seems like a pretty good start. All right. Awesome. And what got you into personal training and coaching in the first place? Uh, that's interesting. So I was working uh, out at several gyms. So I, I, should, I guess I should go back a little further. I went to the University of Guelph. I played football there. Um, I was a totally underwhelming athlete, but a really good student. And that's why they kind of kept me around, I think. Uh, and as I spent more and more time with strength and conditioning there, I was fortunate to learn a whole bunch of stuff from a whole bunch of different strength and conditioning coaches. Um, and then naturally as I kind of progressed through my education and, uh, moved into adulthood, I, I saw personal training as an opportunity to a help people and be like, you know, make a little extra money on the side. And I had noticed that a lot of people were asking me for fitness tips and, and movement tips in general anyway. And it was something I was passionate about and interested in. So it was kind of a natural draw. Um, I'm very much a person that likes to help other people. So it, it really kind of calls to me in that way. And that's why it's kind of blossomed into this full-time thing. I used to bartend and that was, that was awesome for a short time, but it didn't call to me in any way. It was actually 
kind of the worst because I'm not a huge drinker and I don't like to be out late. So I'm not uh, necessarily perfect for that role in the long term. And so when personal training looked like a feasible opportunity, I just uh, I kind of jumped into it at first and it's been amazing ever since. I have a great crew of amazing clients. If you're listening to this, thank you for trusting me. And uh, yeah, we're just doing the thing, you know, that's, that's kind of the story. Nice. Oh wow, so rude on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I thought it was me. Also, I used to be a bartender, and I know, like, going home at two is my worst nightmare. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, the coach in me called to me every shift where like people would just be drinking obnoxiously, and it's like it would get to the point where I would just be like, "Listen, man, you need some water. We need to talk to you about your broccoli intake," and they would just <laughs> like. I, it's not that I was being judgmental. I just wanted to really help these people, and it was kind of exhausting to me with to watch people kind of dismantle their lives, especially the regulars that like, you know, have like a problem and it feels like you're kind of contributing to that in a way. Not only that, you're benefiting from the facts. So it really kind of ate me up morally and that's what kind of pushed me away. But man, when you finish school and you're broke and you need money, that's a great place to go. So yeah, yeah bartending. Like 40 bucks an hour usually yeah, honestly. if you go to a good place. How do you beat that? Yeah. Um, all right. So what's different about the way that you coach? You talk about mastering fitness in your podcast, which we can plug at the end. <laughs> yes, definitely plug the podcast. Just hit 150 downloads. I'm a big deal now. Woo! Um, so my approach is kind of focused on a few pillars and the, the first one being that, you know, movement is something that originates in your nervous system, specifically in your brain. I mean, there's not really enough information to know specifically that it's only your brain. It could be your vertebral column as well. We're not particularly sure, but for the sake of this conversation, we can just say your brain. Um, and I kind of treat fitness as like a, as a mechanism for self mastery. And so in my own training, my goal is not necessarily to lift a certain weight. It's definitely not to look a certain way. Um, it's definitely not to beat a certain person. It's just to, be able to push myself as far as I can toward falling apart completely and feel completely in control. And so that's what I coach and that's what I preach to people. It's like understanding A, that your, your movement is something that started from your brain and you need to be very thoughtful of your, your movement if you want to be present in your body. And then once you become kind of present in your body, you can really start to dial up the intensity and still stay in complete control of everything that's happening to you. Um, and that's kind of, my methodology, I mean, obviously there's nuances as far as like who does what, you know, I have clients that are 50 years old, I have clients that are 22, like everybody has sort of a different thing and they have different goals and the programming specifically is laid out to help them achieve those goals. But the overarching theme I would say is self-mastery and, and learning exactly what you're capable of and knowing exactly how far you can push yourself because I really think that does open the door. Um, to potential that may have otherwise been untapped. So that's, that's kind of my focus, my niche. Beautiful. Yeah. And I know you're super into mindset stuff and reading up on that. So what's your view on the importance of mindset and, um, Oh man, that's like, <laughs> I don't even know where to go for that. That's so deep. Um, <laughs> well, I mean like, I think that almost everybody is, is capable of more than they think they are. Um, and, and that's sort of a theme I see across people. One of the things that really surprised me when I started to coach uh, people who were a little older is that like 
35, 40, 50 year olds who appear to have their shit together do not have their shit together. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> they don't have their shit together. And for a second, it kind of like shocked me. I was like, oh man, like nobody's really got this thing figured out. Not, not to say that I do have anything figured out. I'm not alluding to that at all. But I was just, it was very interesting to me that these, I have a couple clients that are like uber successful in their professional lives, but have had at the time absolutely no systems for like self-preservation or knowing how to like step away from a system or a, a situation that was going to be toxic for them or bad for them. And they had all these bad tendencies and no control over when they were going to sleep or how much they were eating. And yet they were still super successful. And so I guess it really surprised me that even, you know, the top producers from an outside looking view were still like not really in touch with who they were. And it was almost like they were just like mindlessly walking through life with cataracts and, and not really even realizing what it is that was going on. Um, and so, you know, mindset for me again, starts in, you know, your presence of body and mind and like not to go woo woo or, you know, go down that alley. But like, I really do think that if, if you're not in touch with what's going on inside your body, it's, it's very unlikely that you're going to succeed in the sphere around you because you are literally walking around with cataracts on and it, it, it appears that you don't really even pay too much attention or, or close enough attention to yourself to figure out how to best optimize uh, your output. So I think uh, taking a, a proper mindset or, or addressing your mindset, like the first thing you need to do is just like accept the complexity of it. You know, it's, we are, I would say, the most complex things that I know of on the planet Earth. I mean, we've got incredible technology. I'm sitting in front of three computers and printers and fax machines and a microphone that's recording all of this, but like, still, I'm the one that it's recording. You know what I mean? And, and you could say that that's because the technology was designed for me specifically, but it's also very obvious that, you know, the fact that I have conscious thoughts and I can, you know, have experiences and, and, and do all these different things. And, you know, one of the coolest things is that we can like, uh, like lay out a, a potential future. So when you're evaluating a decision and I present you with option A and option B, you can in your head quickly play out option A and then come back and play out option B and come back and decide which one's best. And that's just like so complex. And we could spend the rest of the day talking about your physiology and, and what's unique about it and how ridiculous it is that we're even at this point in history. Um, but I think in order to establish a good mindset, you need to just accept that like, this is this thing that you're walking around in is so infinitely complex and it deserves the attention of like, okay, I need to actually sit down and think about this. And that's why I really advocate for people having a pretty basic understanding of anatomy because like, if you have no clue what's going on under your skin, how are you ever going to have a good sense of self like there's no way you know and i'm not talking about like everybody knowing exactly you know which cells move what where in the body but like having a, a good understanding of like the systems of excuse me the systems of the body and how they operate and you know respiration and, and some of these topics so that you can have a general sense of of who you are and then i feel like once you have that like once you are sort of in touch with what it is in your body you can start to solve some of your own problems and then you know, I, I'm a, I'm a thinker and a talker, obviously. <laughs> we are. Um, and so like, I constantly find myself like trying to solve the world's problems. I watched the social dilemma. We were talking about this before we started. And like at the end of the documentary, I'm not the type of person that turns it off and goes, Oh, that was cool. I'm like, okay, how do you fix it? 
what do you do? And I start to like deconstruct and reconstruct and, and that's who I am. So, you know, for me, the important thing or, 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 you know, once you, once you have that sense of connection with yourself, it's then like, okay, how do I solve my problems? And then once you, once you solve those things, you can start to address the problems within your, your friend group or your family group. And then you can start to talk about like your community and then you can start to solve some of the world's problems, um, which had sort of plagued me with anxiety for a long time, thinking about the world's problems and how they're so overwhelming and how I'm never going to be able to have an impact on anything. So what's the point? You end up nihilistic. Um, but I think if you, what I, what I found in my own life is starting with me and then helping Brie get her life together and then helping my parents get their life together and my siblings. And then like, it's slowly expanding and it feels appropriate because it's centered in me. And, and so like when it comes to mindset, if I have a tip for anybody, it's like, forget everybody else. Just stop for maybe a, half a year. Just forget about anybody else's problems and just think, what am I thinking? What's going on and, and become present with yourself. And then it, hopefully you can start to expand outward from there because there are lots of problems to be solved for sure. Nice. So, Nice. Do you, I know you read a lot of books about <laughs> about this topic, and I know that it can be kind of uh, stigmatized, like oh, that's self help book or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like people like to chirp those types of books. But is there any books that you would recommend, mm -hmm. on specifically on mindset or mental health or getting your shit together? <laughs> okay. Um, no. Yes. Yes. But it's not a self help book. It's so. One of the groundbreaking things that happened to me in my life is I realized how often people are wrong and think they're right, and then they can go back and look at it and be like, oh wow, I was actually wrong. And so uh, there's a there's these guys, uh, Daniel Kahneman and uh, Tversky. I can't think of his, his first name, but Kahneman and Tversky did all this research about heuristics, and heuristics are basically like the way our logic lapses uh, and, and so, for example, like, um, if I say, you know, there's a, do you, would you prefer to take a bet at, uh, maybe a 50% chance to win, uh, $10 million or a sure thing at 10,000. And most people are, what do you think? They're going to go for the big one. Yeah. They're going to take the 50, 50 shot, but there's a good chance you're going to lose that. There's one or two chance you're going to lose that. And so it's not actually logical, especially for me, like I'm not particularly financially savvy at this point, like $10,000 is going to go a long way for me. So like, I feel like most people could really benefit from $10,000 in it. So it makes no sense for people to like take that choice. So that's a, that's an example of a heuristic and there's lots of them and there's lots of biases like confirmation bias and, and all kinds of logical fallacies that once you start to understand some of these things, you can like actually pinpoint them in your life. So another example, we'll talk about fallacy. Um, like it, it, you can straw man somebody's argument. And so, you know, if, if I'm in a conversation with Bree, who is um, my girlfriend, and I say, you know, hey, you didn't do the dishes and that was very disappointing and I wish that uh, you would have done them because it would have made my life a lot easier today. And she says, well, you're right, I didn't do the dishes. I just want to point out that you also didn't walk the dog yesterday morning. She's like stepping aside from the thing that I handed her and addressing something different. and 
for most people in the confines of the conversation, that's going to turn to an escalating race where it's like, okay, you didn't do that. I didn't do this. You didn't do that. I didn't do this. But because I can pinpoint that now in an argument, because I know about it, I can be like, okay, well, that was you stepping aside from what I'm saying. Let's quickly just address what I'm saying. And then we can talk about that thing and move forward. So, um, there's a book called thinking fast and slow. It's long and it's complicated and I've had to go over it three times and I still don't understand most of it. But like every single time I read it, I'm like, damn, I didn't know that. And now that I do know that I can avoid that in my own life. Um, and so that's, that's probably a good place to start. Although definitely not, um, it's not like you're going to be like reading it before bed and falling asleep. Like you have to like sit down and make time to just kind of figure and hash some of this stuff out. All right. Uh, do you want to get into your old self? Oh, yeah, let's do it. I'm All right. right. Yeah. So you commonly talk about how you look back at your high school self and how much you've changed now. Maybe you, can you explain what you were like back then and what maybe what drove you to change where you are now? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I really like to be forthright because again, I, I know that there's no way that you can become a better person if you don't accept that you're a worse person now. You know what I mean? Like if you don't think that you're somewhat bad or that you have some sort of badness to you right now, then you're never going to be driven to change something about yourself. And so, you know, to go back first and answer your first question, what was I like then? I was a complete loser, like total, total loser. I did very well academically in school and in school at a high school level, I was also an above average athlete. And those two things combined with very few positive role models, uh, positive male role models, I should say, it, I hate to say set me up for failure because that takes the responsibility off of me, but it kind of did set me up for failure. Um, my dad, who I love and is an incredible man, I have nothing but good things to say about him, but when I was a kid, he worked out of country, like probably between 46 and 48 weeks of the year. And so he'd be like gone for three months, come home for three days, gone for three months, home for a day, gone for six weeks, home, you know, and it just went on and on like that. And so I didn't have much experience with male leadership and, and with a male role model directly in the home. And like, if we get back to academia for a sec, like the research on that is that, you know, people who don't have a positive or a, a structured male role model in the home, they're much more likely to be, I'll categorize it as worse people, which you can interpret, but much more likely to be worse people because it's really important, especially for a young man to look at somebody and be like, Oh, that's how I'm supposed to behave. And, and you know, when kids like kids are not scared of mice, but if you throw a mouse in a room with a kid and a mother, the kid looks at the mouse and looks at the mother and then whatever the mother does, that's what the kid decides is, appropriate. And so for a lot of things in my life, it was like me learning from my friends or my friend's parents or my friend's dad specifically or coaches or teachers and like no offense to any of them, but most of them were not very effective male role models for me. Um, and so I was a loser, a big loser. You know, I, I thought very highly of myself. I did not think that I made many mistakes. I thought I was smarter than most people and I behaved that way, which is much worse. Um, and I was a dick, uh, particularly when it came to my relationships with, with women, like I was a, a genuinely bad person. That was sort of high school Andrew, big dick, 
Thought he was cool, thought he was smart, probably narcissistic. Yeah, big jerk. Um, maybe a little bit chauvinistic. I don't know. Um, and then I went to university and I was much the same way. I was still smart, still an athlete, and um, in university, especially at the university I went to, uh, the football athletes were like, because their, their funding was way more, we were considered like much cooler than the other, well, maybe just in our own eyes, I don't know, but <laughs> we felt like we were much cooler because we had way more money and way better facilities and way better whatever. And so that did not help my already terrible ego. Um, and so again, I just perpetuated these same issues for the next like two or three years. Um, and then I, uh, I was with somebody for, for, uh, three years, no, two years, I guess. Um, and it went well. It was, it was sort of like a, an okay, like we were very good for each other in some ways and very bad for each other in others. Um, and I had a bunch of unresolved personal things like I'm talking about my narcissism and lack of self-awareness and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and she also had her own flaws, anxiety and sort of a perfectionist and those two things didn't match up very well. And anyway, I ended up going to a bar, making a fool of myself and totally imploded that relationship. And at that point we were living together and like our lives were deeply intermingled and I had to watch it all fall apart. And at that point I was like, okay, like I'm not a good person, you know? And I, I watched this person who I claimed to be in love with at the time, totally come dismantled, you know, especially because they had a, maybe a history or, or already some issues, you know, facing uncertain circumstances as most of us do. And I watched them come completely, dis completely dismantled and that just like rocked me. I was like, wow, I'm really a bad person. Um, and that's when I decided to change things. So unfortunately, wherever you are, I'm so sorry. Um, but unfortunately that's what it took. And from there, I realized that, you know, in university, I would say around the time I was like 23, around the time this happened, I realized that there were a few very good positive male role models around me who were like genuine people, show up early, stay all day, never lie, never drink, never do anything bad, take care of your family type of guys. And so when this happened, I just like leaned into those people. And I was like, how can I learn as much as possible from these people? I also went and got therapy, which is good advice for anybody. If you've never been to therapy, go to therapy. You have no clue what your life is like until you sit down with the therapist and talk about some of these things. And I had a great therapist, Alison Maritos here in Brantford. She's awesome. Definitely recommend her. And she literally like caught me at this little moment in my life where I was like kind of interested in improving myself and kind of facing my demons and just gave me a huge shove in the right direction and sent me on a path because she knew I was a very curious person. I've always been a curious person. Um, one of the pieces of advice I got as a kid was, um, my dad sat me down one time and he said, Hey, listen, like, we're going to say things to you and you might not agree with them and we might never change our mind, but you're always allowed to ask why. And as like a six year old, I was like, you're on. And I was just like, why, 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 why? And that went on and on and on and on like that all through high school, all through elementary school, all through university. Every time anybody said anything, I was like, why, 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 why? But it made me learn a lot of stuff because I was constantly like, whether it's like flipping the lights on in a room or whatever, I'm just like so curious about why. And lately it's turned to physics and I'm just not, Brie is not prepared for the amount of <laughs> physics I've been learning about. And I'm extremely overwhelmed myself. Um, <laughs> but it made me very inquisitive. And so 
when Allison gave me this push in the right direction, I was like, okay, like why? Why am I like this? What is, what is anger? Like what what is sadness? Like where does that come from? What hormones are involved? Like what types of things bring these on? What are the best ways to treat depression, anxiety? What are the best ways to you know sit down and, and lay out all of your your demons and make a plan for the future? And so as that thought process started to I guess snowball, it's it's turned into this and you know I, it's so interesting a friend of mine a close friend of mine was on her podcast recently uh, Sarah Surratt awesome person um, she said to me recently you know like my whole life I've had a trouble trusting men and you are the first person in a long time who's restored my faith that there are trustworthy men out there and I couldn't help but laugh because if you would have said that seen me seven years ago like I was the I was the reason she didn't trust men. So, you know, you can just to slide this in there, like no matter where you're at right now, you can totally flip things around. You just have to accept that you're probably the problem, you know, and that's, that's very hard to do because like you've built this conception of yourself that you think is good and, and genuine. And you have to like, basically like totally pull it out from under your feet and say, actually, I'm not that I'm actually a big jerk, you know, um, and rebuild from there. But when you do, who knows, maybe you'll come back around and your people will be telling you that they're the reason they trust men again. So, very interesting story. Very interesting. I know there's there's people out there who probably hear that Sarah thinks that I'm the reason that people can trust men again and they're probably laughing, but I would say that I've changed. Okay. So, yeah, that's the story. That's pretty much it. I was a jerk and then I learned some stuff and now I'm not. That's nice. Cole's notes. I like it. Yeah. Um, so where do you think that that's going to take you in the coming years? Are you going to like implement this stuff into your clients with personal training or do you think it's going to be something different? Cause I know you're so passionate about it and it's not just mm -hmm. like, this is your life. You obviously want to bring that mm -hmm. for other people. So, yeah. So that's kind of what started this podcast. Um, when I started working with my, my personal training clients, it, it became very clear, very quickly that, you know, they were not necessarily there for the fitness. Like they really genuinely appreciated my input on things and appreciated my behaviors and the way I kind of addressed things. And quickly it was like, okay, what should I do in this problem I'm having at work? And what should I do if my husband is saying this? And what should I do if my sister's like this? And so people really started to come to me for advice and a lot of like really serious advice, which is like a lot of ownership yeah. and responsibility. Um, that comes as a result of this. And so, so I ended up starting a podcast and I say in the first episode of the podcast, it's for a reason. And it's because you can probably already tell by my long winded rants here. I love to talk and, uh, poor Brie just gets blasted with like endless blah, 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 about everything all the time. And so for my birthday, she got me a podcast mic and just said, Hey, I love you, but like, you need to take some of this elsewhere. And so like, my goal is, is hopefully, you know, I want to help as many people, you know, I think everybody should have a purpose and, you know, your, if your purpose is like, I want to be the best employee I can be and you lose your job, you're screwed. If, or you retire, you're screwed. If your purpose is like, I want to be the best partner I can be and you guys break up, you're screwed. If you want to be the best parent you can be and God forbid, I hope this never happens to anybody, but your child is gone or passes away or whatever, or your spouse takes them, you're screwed. And so I would encourage anybody who's listening to this to like sit down and this is hard work. It took me a long time 
but try and find a purpose for yourself in like one or two sentences that is totally separate from a, a specific role because roles can change. And so my purpose in life is to help as many people live as best a life as they possibly can. And so obviously personal training fits into the scope of that. And so that's why I do it. Um, but I, I was the help as many people part is where I was lacking because if you're in this industry, you understand that like there comes a point where you just can't work with any more people. And so the podcast is like a way for me to just try and help hopefully reach that next network um, of, of people and where it goes from there. I honestly have, I have no clue. I have so many ideas, but like, I just really want to, you know, it's not specifically about helping young men, but like, I just like, I think back to 17 year old me and if he would have met me now, this last like 10 years could have gone way differently. And the young men that I work with right now, you know, it's this, the exact same thing 10 years later. Like there's no, there are very few, even in pop culture and in media, like responsible, intelligent, good, hardworking men advocating for those things. You know, I feel like I, I almost recorded an episode on, on my podcast about reality TV and, you know, I'm not trying to blame the bachelor, but like as a young man, it was extremely confusing to me that all the girls at my school, all the pretty girls that again, because of female sexual selection, I was just obsessed with were like fascinated by this guy. And from the outside looking in, it was like some jerk cheating on 26 girls and then marrying one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and everybody, like it's on the front of magazines, my mom, like everybody was just like, whatever night it comes on, everybody sit down, we're watching this whole show and we're going to talk about it for the whole next week. And that was just so confusing to me. And again, as a young man, I'm not trying to blame The Bachelor, but like, that was toxic. I didn't need that in my life. Like that was the opposite of what I needed in yeah. my life. And more than that, like I needed the women in my life to know that it was toxic and tell me it was toxic and that didn't happen. And so like, I would really love to be a force for, or, or, or a voice for, for young men specifically, specifically in this area to really kind of sit down and be like, okay, like there's lots of opportunity for you to screw this up. Let's focus on the things that hopefully won't let that happen. And so that's kind of the direction I'm headed and hopefully I can help as many people as I can along the way. We got another deep one. Back to back. But this, yeah, take some water. So this one, it can be a sentence, it can be a rant, it can be whatever you want it to be, but I'm asking everyone, well, I'm going to try to remember to ask everyone at the end what they think the secret to health is because I'm going to have a wide variety of mm. practitioners and different like, like-minded people, but from different fields, so it'll be interesting to see what mm. everyone says. Oh man, that's a good question. I'm going to try to make it as concise as I possibly can. Hmm. I think it's, I think it's worthiness because I don't think you can be healthy if you don't believe you deserve to be healthy at a very fundamental psychological level. Like, I don't think if you think that you don't deserve to be healthy, that you even will be healthy and you might look healthy and you might act healthy, but you know, a lot of the time, you know, it's, it's proven that cortisol will age you way faster. And if you feel unworthy, you feel that, like you actually feel, that. I've been there in my life, you know, and 
you actually feel that it's like in your throat like and if you can start to address that that worthiness or the lack thereof I think that's going to like sort of start a, a ball rolling that will really bring you toward health because after worthiness there's like a billion other things you have to focus on but the, at the root of it is like a belief that you know I genuinely deserve to live the best life that I possibly can while I am here because it is finite so that's probably probably the root of it and uh, I do have an episode on my podcast where I kind of talk about you know people struggling with worthiness and, and basically you know my, my thought on it is it's very simple, you know, above all of the other reasons that you should feel like you deserve to be here and deserve to be great while you are here, you know, like you are truly, and we covered this already, but like a, just a fascinating thing, like of all the things in this room, they're cool, but like you and I are way cooler, way, way cooler. Like by, it's not even close, we're not even in the same realm. And so like for me, when I was establishing a sense of worth, like it's like everything I ever learned about my biology along the way. I was like, Whoa, like, even though I did this and this and this, and even though I lied to that person and cheated on this person or, you know, didn't try my hardest at this thing, or I ate the bag of Doritos. Like, even though that's all true, I am just incredible. Like just incredible. The fact that I'm standing here and, and breathing and operating is incredible. And that to me makes me feel like gratitude. I'm like, Oh wow. Like, you know, I, I don't know who, I guess my parents gave me this chance to, to be this person. But like, if I'm this incredible and it's just by chance, then I should really probably put my best foot forward. And that's kind of been my route to, to really establishing a strong foundation of worthiness. So that's probably my, the key to health is worthiness. Yeah. Let's go there. Sweet. Cool. I think you might be the only one that's going to say that. That's maybe. I like that. Maybe. All right. And then final question because it's going to be a vitamin D based mm. podcast. <laughs> what gives you light or what is like sunny in your life mm. right now? Oh, right now. So many or, things. or in general. Yeah. So many things. Like, Daily. again, I, I really think gratitude is like a, it's like a free pass to having a better life. Like, and this is something I struggle with because, you know, for a while I was like, well, why can't I have that? Well, why can't I have that? Well, why can't I be happy? Why can't I be fitter? Why? And it, it was because I wasn't working for it. Like, you know, I was just like expecting it to just smash me in the face. And so like what I started to do was account for the things that I'm grateful for. And I think right now, one of the things that brings me light, I don't know. I love my clients. They're amazing. Every single session, every single day, all the time, whether it's group fitness at Alchemy or working one-on-one with somebody, like I just have such a good group of people. Um, and that includes my social circle. I think for the first time in my life, I can say like, there's no one that I see at social events with my peer group that I'm like, Oh my God, why are you here? Which is great because it's indicative of my social circle being honest with themselves and, and with ourselves and saying like, you know what, maybe that person doesn't fit. Um, so my social circle is definitely something that I'm, that definitely brings me light. Family always, fitness always. Yeah, I don't know everything. Uh, it's a it's a lackluster answer, but like my biology, I love. I'm serious. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. But yeah, that's a good one. Pretty much everything, honestly. I'm very. I'll be the first person to say I'm extremely fortunate, and I've had a really good shot at life so far, which is great because I probably didn't deserve it for about seventy five percent of the time I've been here. So. 
Hey, but you got 75% yeah, less. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. That's where they're going. Yeah, that's totally right. Yeah. It's just starting. Life's just getting going. That's right. All right, so do you want to plug yourself? Where can people find you? Yeah, so my podcast is called The Just Thinking Podcast because that's all it is. It's, I'm not an expert at anything. I'm just thinking. Um, and that's on Spotify, Apple, I don't wherever you find podcasts, I hope, I think, based on what I use, don't really know. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Andrew Wilhelm underscore. I post a lot of rants and random stuff on there, dog pictures, pictures with Brie and fitness stuff. Um, and that's pretty much it. I really don't have a website or anything. I'm kind of on the low right now, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's it for now. Nice. And at Alchemy. And at Alchemy, yeah. Come to Alchemy Fitness. I'm a coach there. And if you ever want to talk more about some of this stuff, just hit me up. I love, I love chatting. So. This is true. He'll rant with you. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> Thanks for listening this week. If you liked that, uh, there's lots of other great episodes coming your way. So you can subscribe, rate, review, do all the things. Share with your friends. Share in your stories. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Have a great one. Bye-bye.